0: Welcome to episode 12 of Pastoring in a Pandemic. I'm your host, Nathan Longfield. Today is Thursday, May 14th, and we'll hear from Father Nick, chaplain of the St. Benedict Institute working with Hope College to discuss what he has been doing to pastor during COVID. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Pastoring Pandemic. You can follow me at Nathan Longfield. Listen to the podcast on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to download, rate, and review the podcast. We'll be back after a quick break here from Father Nick about how he is pastoring in a pandemic. We're now joined by Father Nick, chaplain of the St. Benedict Institute working with Hope College. Father, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks very much for having me. Yeah.
0: So to start, can you just give us a little about your context, uh, what it looks like serving with St. Benedict, how long you've been there, other staff, um, what the role is, what normal rhythms would be, though it is summer for college students, so that changes again anyways, um, and what it's looked like working with COVID in the midst of that.
1: Yeah, Uh, so a lot of things, just sort of the general context, I've been at uh, Hope College now, just finished my third year, uh, third academic year, um, serving as uh, chaplain to the students, faculty, and staff there, and also the the broader community, um, it's a it's a very kind of weird sort of arrangement uh, in the Catholic world. I mean, normally, you know, uh, I'm part of a religious order, you know, which which complicate things. Normally, the bishop just says to a priest, "Hey, you you're going over there, and that's it," um, and and so it's a little more streamlined process, but. Here I'm being hired by an institute run by a layman, which has its own fundraising and is going to pay me. But then I'm assigned to the local parish by the bishop, and I'm presented to that position by my religious superior. So it's kind of a mess, uh, sort of like legally, but it works. Uh, it's been really nice. You know, uh, I think it's a great team at St. Benedict and. Um, I mean, it's just been, it's been a wonderful place to minister. Um, but Hope College has this covenant ship with I think six local churches, including St. Francis de Sales, where I'm technically associate pastor, and which is the home base of St. Benedict's. And so that partnership with St. Francis allows the St. Benedict Institute with access to campus, and you know, Hope has been very welcoming uh, for my uh, ministry there. So it's been, uh, it's been a tremendous blessing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what, what are sort of some of the regular um, interactions you have with students, worship, those sorts of things that happen, at least during the academic year?
1: Yeah, so during the academic year, it's, uh, I would say there's a weekly routine, even though all the days of the week look different. So, Monday's my day off. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, are the late day. So, I'm at Hope for 12 hours a day because we have not just uh, Mass at noon, but we also have Mass at 9 o'clock at night. And then oftentimes there might be men's group meeting or something or women's group after one of those. Um, and uh, Thursday, I'm, I'm just here for a, sort of a short time, go home and I cook for my community, it's my night to cook. And Friday is my only normal nine to five day. Okay. Um, and Saturday, Sunday, you know, we have Sunday night mass, oh. uh, not in the morning. So we, I think the students kind of prefer that. And if they want a morning mass, they can go to St. Francis, it's three blocks away, they'll be fine. Um, So that's kind of our attitude. But in terms of like filling up my time, um, sort of a couple basic kinds of interaction. Um, I think the uh, most basic one is where I I actually have this Excel spreadsheet that I set up online with my open times and students can just, once they have the link, they can plug their name in. They don't even need to let me know. They just sign up for half hour, hour, and we meet and talk about whatever they want. Uh, So um, it's amazing how much that can, Fill up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, for some students, um, sort of more regulars and uh, want a sort of deeper level of commitment, I set aside Fridays uh, and I chopped up my Fridays into 20 minute segments. And so students who want, they can commit to meeting 20 minutes every other Friday, kind mm-hmm. of spiritual direction. And that's really nice because you don't have to schedule anything, it's just on the calendar, you know who you're going to see. Mm-hmm it's an exhausting day day though. If you're, if you're talking having like over a dozen individual conferences in a day, yeah. you know, sometimes up to 17, like, oh it, my gosh. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a long day. <laughs> um, and then you get, uh, in terms of worship, you know, daily mass every day, confessions, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and then we have group stuff. So, men's group activities, uh, some Bible studies that we have. The biggest thing that we do is in the spring every year, we have Exodus 90. Mm. Have you heard of that no. program? Do you know what Lent is, right? 40 <laughs> yeah. days, yeah. prayer, fasting some sort of kind of thing, give up something. All right. Um, so Exodus 90 is a 90-day-long super Lent, okay. and it's got three parts to it. Part one is the small group. So every week you meet with a small group. We do um, sort of checking in, how's everyone doing, what you're struggling with, what's going well, and then do just a little bit of spiritual theology. Uh, And then within the group, you have an accountability partner that you check in with every day. Uh, And then you also have another Excel spreadsheet where you keep track of all the things you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So part one is the group. Part two is prayer. You commit to praying for 20 minutes a day. And what we did this last year is if you don't actually complete 20 minutes, your accountability partner has to make up for it the next day. Hmm. So it's like the thing you can't miss. And then the third part is all these various uh, sacrifices that you need. So fasting twice a week and no snacking between meals and no sweet drinks and no desserts and no alcohol and mm-hmm. no major purchases permission, no social media without permission. No frivolous TV movies or video games by yourself. Uh, cold showers. Um, exercise three times a week. You know, it's a lot. Um, so, uh, and so the the groups meet every every week, and I, I work with a, a young woman who's a Hope grad, uh, 2017, Carly McShane. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know her. But, uh, so she uh, sits in all the women's group meetings, and I take all the men's groups. And, uh, yeah, so that's... Um, in the spring, that takes a lot of our time and our focus and mm-hmm. following up with students individually. So,
0: yeah, I'm curious what did both that and uh, sort of the normal worshiping rhythms look like when COVID started in the middle of the semester? So, the post spring break to end of semester <laughs> time, at least, how did that yeah. adjustment happen?
1: I, I think, in a general sense, I more stuff was able to transition over than it would for most priests or ministers Hmm. because it's a very young demographic and they already have to be online for their classes Mm -hmm. so it's like they didn't they didn't have to do anything special to plug into meetings with me um so the one-on-one continued the the friday sessions once once we kind of left campus um i would say maybe a little more than half the people on that list stayed in terms of like Still doing regular meetings. Um, half the people are more sporadic or not at all. You know, so there's some drop off there. Definitely, there's also drop off in terms of just the one-on-ones, like that people would randomly sign up for. Uh, <laughs> worship, obviously, like the only thing we do now is uh, St. Francis live streams at a 10:30 a.m. mass on Sunday, and I show up for that. Okay. That's it. Yeah. The one thing that actually went a lot better was Exodus 90, Hmm. which I was surprised by. Um, And so I think people were more faithful in attending the group meetings. Um, And not only that, but the number of meetings increased. Hmm. So pretty much every group started a book club in addition to having a regular meeting. One of the groups started a chess club. (laughs) Some of them just had general hangout time. And I was worried the program would just sort of collapse on itself once we didn't have, you know, people being together on campus. But actually I think in quarantine, people were kind of lonely. They did not have nearly as much contact with their friends and peers as they normally did. Um, They were struggling with things spiritually. They wanted people to talk to um, and they needed something to help give them routine and order. And so Exodus just was like, Perfect, you know?
0: Yeah, great. Uh, So I'm curious, the video connection seems to be the primary thing, but have you noticed, um, other than simply a drop off in meetings, a sort of difficulty or difference in connecting with the students? With Carly, and I, I don't know if any of the other staff really do much connection work, but maybe that's picked up some, but how has that looked?
1: In-person is better, but video chat's not not bad, mm-hmm. honestly, because so when I hear confessions, people normally have two options. Either they can go face-to-face with the priest or they can go behind a screen. I always prefer face-to-face because there's so much of communication that's nonverbal, mm-hmm. and with video chat, you can still get most of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I, uh, I don't do much phone ministry at all, uh, but the, the video chat, I mean, I it's not ideal, but it's not bad.
0: Mm-hmm. No, right. And like you said, with this demographic, it's not a technical hurdle to jump since they have to do it for class. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there other sort of ministries or programs uh, that St. Benedict usually has either with the students in the community that have just been curtailed or canceled altogether with this or creatively reimagined
1: yeah so we did have one or two i think um so so i should say saint benedict has sort of two wings there's the pastoral wing which is basically all my time and then there's the intellectual wing which i hardly do anything with which brings in outside speakers and you know does that kind of more of that kind of engagement Mm -hmm. um i think we had one or two speakers we had to cancel they were going to come in and then it's like well nobody's here um (laughs) <laughs> and you're not allowed to leave your home. Um, but the, I think um, a couple of things happened. One, we added a couple online uh, lecture discussions, um, you know, uh, mostly involving uh, professors uh, from Hope College um, and perhaps actually dealing with the quarantine and the plague uh, itself. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we did a lot more, and, and I don't know if we had ever done any of this before, but promoting those online events of other institutions. So we partnered with Lumen Christi and co-sponsored some lectures with them. We've also promoted talks by the Thomistic Institute, which is run by the uh, Dominicans in the Eastern Province, the Eastern United States. Um, So they had the the quarantine lectures, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote. They promoted some of their stuff. Um, And we've also committed our own catechesis. So I have this thing called Sunday School 2.0, only after Sunday Night Mass if you want. You show up, free pizza, get a lecture and discussion. Uh, So now we're doing that minus the pizza, (laughs) and they still show up, you know. So it's it's not bad. Yeah. But it's just a way just to continue that sort of faith formation. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. Does that continue through the summer in some way too, then, or will it because everyone's online anyways?
1: Well, so that's the thing. You know, one of the big questions we've had over the past three years, and we hadn't yet found a good answer to it, is what the heck do I do during the summer? Mm-hmm. You know, I've given, try to, sort of help uh, make up for the cost of my salary by giving retreats, you know, to various, you know, monasteries and that sort of thing. I help out at Sunday masses in the in the area. Um, but we never actually really found a good answer to the summer programming thing because ninety percent of Hope students leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think the quarantine has really forced us to, to. I think get creative. So we we've just kind of seen, hey, we can we can do this online. People are now used to doing things online.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We can have our Sunday school. We can do our Exodus groups. Uh, we're actually starting uh, Monday Exodus 365, which is a program we sort of developed to kind of continue Exodus throughout the year, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to be a meeting online. Um, you know, and I I never sort of scheduled meeting times with people. Before during the summer because no one was around and Mm -hmm. now we're doing it online you know so so in in a way I mean it's it's totally uh, by shifting everything and everyone online it's allowed me to use my summer I think a lot better
0: Hmm. yeah it's really interesting um I'm curious are there uh experiments I guess with the summer opening up things you want to try. Um, obviously, Exodus 365 is part of that. But are there other ideas about in a digital existence over the summer
1: where we can try these things, or? Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see if any of the guys are interested in continuing chess club, because uh, I like chess, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, 365 would be the big one. Um, you know, the other uh, sort of summer projects that I've thought about were mostly just sort of writing projects, okay. you know. Um, So we're doing book club, uh, C.S. Lewis uh, screw tape letters Mm. with uh, one or two of the groups. I thought, you know, what if I try to write a sequel of this thing? You know, (laughs) I've had a lot of experience talking to people. I know how the devil works in their lives.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool project. Um, So I'm curious, too, then, if there are insights you've learned about your students and maybe other staff um, maybe it's something you've noticed in these students over the years, you got to know them, but that's been reinforced, or something new of how they have responded or managed in this.
1: Hmm. That's a good question. I think, I mean, it certainly has, has reinforced the, the old saying that um, necessity is the mother of invention. Hmm. Um, so I think both within the St. Benedict Institute and, and with the, the students, um, particularly in Exodus 90, just sort of seeing the reinvention of things and the expansion of things. And, you know, people adapt even when they don't like it and they don't like it. Neither <laughs> do I. So, um, yeah, yeah. But you do the, you do the best that you can.
0: Yeah. Great. Um, I'm curious what, uh, I'm sure this answer will vary a little bit than some of the, uh, Protestants. I mean, people I've interviewed simply because of the structure. But what does it look like uh, to take care of yourself while caring for the students within quarantine? Um, with the Catholic structure, you have sort of more of an order for that than a lot of us Protestants. But I'm curious what it looks like.
1: Yeah. Well, can I ask for more? Like, what 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 do you have in mind when you're yeah, you say Yeah. Simply like, in that?
0: sort of. Um, the hierarchy or being in community in a different way than a lot of pastors who maybe are just on their own or with their family sort of structures.
1: Sure. Yeah. So one of the nice things is I'm a member of a religious community. So I live with three other priests, Mm -hmm. um, soon to be four other priests in about a month and a half. Um, So we, we have a community. I mean, I have people that I have dinner with, you know, and that I pray with. Um, However, because we're all now locked up at home we've actually just expanded our prayer schedule and the Mm -hmm. amount of time that we uh we pray together and and doing mass together which we didn't do beforehand because we we had external commitments and and our ministries had very different schedules Mm -hmm. you know so it was just it was just very difficult and not sort of yeah really practical and now it is Mm -hmm. and so that's sort of our adaption and it's it's nice to it's very nice to have that rhythm you know prayer and then community time together eating and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um i think it's a lot harder for the diocesan priests who are living alone Mm -hmm. um then again i think a lot of them have family in the area so they may uh may end up just visiting like just their parents or just a sibling with nieces and nephews or something Mm -hmm. like that Yeah. Um, yeah great
0: uh so kind of the final question i'm wondering about is it you have any advice or wisdom you want to offer to other pastors, priests, your students of how to exist well and faithfully in this time?
1: Um, I mean, I think the uh, number one, and, I, and I've heard uh, a number of priests say this, is that one of the nice things about lockdown time has been there's more time for prayer. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think being faithful to prayer um, is actually really important and the most essential thing Mm -hmm. Um, when that goes everything else goes yeah Uh, but um i would say secondly in terms of ministry i I think my advice would be do something Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be what everyone else is doing you know some priests they just grab a list of their parishioners and they start calling them you know others they you know will Walk around the neighborhood and pray, and to the, you know visit people that way. I mean, you know, uh, I think it's a trap to think that I have to do what other people are are doing. I think what's what's most important for the people to know is that their priests are thinking about them and praying for them and doing something like mm-hmm. what what whatever it is they can do in their in their context. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: do something.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, Finally, I just am curious if people wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about St. Benedict, um, where are some places they can go to learn about that?
1: So, uh, uh, all written out, stbenedictinstitute.org, and in there you'll find contact section, and so my uh, email is in there along with uh, all the other staff of of the Institute and talks about our um, lectures that we have coming up and things that we're promoting, and yeah, so... uh, donation button if
0: you feel like hitting it you know <laughs> yeah okay great thank you so much for joining us
1: all right thanks very much for having me Nathan. Okay,
0: that will do it for today thanks for listening father nick provided some places to learn more about saint benedict to get in touch with him and learn more about the program. To keep up with everything on Pastoring in a Pandemic, you can follow us on Twitter at Pastor in Pandemic. You can follow me at Nathan Longfield. Please follow, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Please join us again next time as we talk to Justin Makowski, Director of Worship and Family Ministry at Dearborn Christian Fellowship to see how he is pastoring in a pandemic. Grace and peace.